It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at CBOC.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Hello, this is Dr. Jeremy Lookaball, workplace communication and negotiation coach, as well as industrial organizational psychology consultant. In addition to cboc.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at termboot.com. Also on the panel today, we have Sarah Smith-Berry of Frigo Consulting. Sarah is a psychometrician, veteran advocate, consultant, and modern stoic. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach, and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Work Cookie. With me, of course, are Sarah Smith-Berry and Dr. Jeremy Lukaba. We get together once a week to have a conversation on whatever topic Jeremy has chosen for us. So, Jeremy, where are we going today? Well, what the Internet says today, there's this article from The Independent. Here's the headline. Juice Bar criticized as toxic workplace after advertising for an employee that doesn't cry and smiles no matter what. So, uh, reading on a little bit, Juice Par faces backlash after advertising for, obviously, and also doesn't cry and has no BS. So there's a a photo that was shared uh, of a job advertisement for the uh, Creation Organic Juicery on Twitter, in which a laminated sign can be seen placed on an unidentified store. So, what do we think about this? What do we think about this ad? Is it, uh, Sarah, over to you. Jeremy, I think it's really important to, in these kinds of situations, recognize the humor in the situation, first and foremost. Um, I think if any one of us were to just be a pedestrian walking by said juice store and see a sign like this, we might chuckle to ourselves. Um, Now, likely not funny for the employee that was on the receiving end of that sort of, I guess you could say reputation. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're talking about a small business, likely. Yes. It's not like a chain. It sounds like a small business. So I'm uh, sitting I'll there. I'll double check on that for you. Okay, great. While you're doing that, I'm just thinking to myself, if this is a small business, this is likely a small business owner. And one of the things that small business owners struggle with quite frequently is finding good talent. Um, And this might just be an episode of them just kind of venting, but in a very unhealthy sort of way. Um, And I don't think that corporate responsibility and those sort of practices are necessarily in the wheelhouse of most entrepreneurs and small business owners. So I think we kind of need to look at this with some grain of salt. So it looks like there are, uh, this is in in the LA Santa Monica Inglewood area and it looks that there's maybe I don't know 20 20 different locations oh goodness okay then so the story changes slightly now um because now this is this could very realistically be um 
systemic, right? And that's that's what we're looking at as IOs is now, oh, wait a minute, this isn't isolated to one small store. This is something that could be trickling into potentially hundreds of employees' lives. But, but now Sarah, that has my attention. Sarah, it's an organic juicery. Does that make a difference? <laughs> I don't think that that makes any difference. I think we can just know that the chemicals are not causing the bad behavior. Got it. <laughs> Tom, your thoughts? I'm so confused. Um, why would you want to throw your employees under the bus? I, I, I hate to think of that poor employee. And really, you know, if you're in the Santa Monica area and you know who the employee is, have them get in touch with us so we can do a little intervention. Uh, because it's, it's a little like, I would hate to be that employee. If I'm walking past the street, though, you, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to meet this guy. You can't be like, have no emotions. <laughs> so, you know, it. I can see how it would draw people into my juice bar. But once again, if I am using my employees like red meat for sharks, I'm not sure it's the best approach to be taking. I mean, how long does that employee stick around? Do they have a sense of humor? Are, are they looking at this going, you know, this is great. Uh, you know, and I'm, I can get into this and we, you know, I can become a personality. I can become the juice bar guy with no emotions. Uh, but I'm not sure that's, you know, even the image that you want to be setting up for a, a small business or even a chain. Um, although we have seen weird things with chains before. So I, I, I just don't even know why you would go down this path, uh, let alone advertise it. It, it seems when you look at this on the micro it, micro level, it's obvious. I mean, it's targeted at probably you know at least one employee who likely was recently fired, who's likely going to see that sign, who's likely going to be even more upset with the particular company. And um, let's face it, that has a lot to now. Now you're looking at the employer brand. So if you're you know we we can see how this can have some ripple effect where it's not just. Here's a particular thing, and this this particular job advertisement on this laminate sheet of paper outside of this brick and mortar, bricks and mortar building can have an effect on potential patrons saying, ah, that, that, I don't like that. That disgusts me a little bit. But now we're looking at the employer brand. So what is that employee or the couple of employees that were let go? What are they going to do on the internet now? What in terms of reviews or just venting or who knows? Uh, TikToking away some of the uh, <laughs> hot ingredients accidentally of some of their juice creations. So it's uh, you know there is and I and I go back to what Sarah said too. Uh, it could it it's it's a local it, you know it says local ju ju juicery juicery. And I say that's fun. Say that five times um, in a particular era, but the, but there's multiple of them. Uh, so are we, you know, the other question is, are we getting too sensitive just a little bit? You know, it doesn't say the employee's name. So I'm going to play a devil's advocate with myself. Are we getting too sensitive? And are we losing our sense of, uh, you know, people getting too upset over every little thing that doesn't at least try to make them feel good? Well, let me ask you this then, Jeremy, because, it, you know, in the entertainment world, it's always know your audience. So who <laughs> are the clientele going into that juice bar? If they're all, you know, managers who deal with employees who they dislike and would like to get rid of, I can see them laughing and going in to get their juice. But it, but once again, if I'm a if I'm a working guy <laughs> who's wondering if my boss feels the same way about me, I might not go to that juice bar anymore. So who are they catering to with a comment? Well, here's like that? the thing, Tom. That 
was a requisition. So the audience in this particular instance would actually be prospective employees. So if I'm a prospective employee and I see this requisition, there's no way in hell I'm applying to that juice bar. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, they just shot themselves in the foot, really. Um, And my next question would be, who wrote the requisition? Was it a store manager? Was it a chain supervisor? Or was it an owner? Because really, at that point, we get a better understanding of just how deep this rabbit hole goes. At this point, it was a previous store manager. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's your answer right there. There Um, you go. (laughs) So they took care of the problem is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Uh, That's just that's just that's a best guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that would you know, that would be a really easy way to deal with the problem. I hate to say it like that, but an even better solution would be to create it as a learning opportunity. Right. So, hey, guys, listen, we all have a sense of humor, but we are going to have to make sure that we are representing the brand with a certain level of professionalism whenever we we write a new requisition. Um, Ha ha. Funny. And then, you know, let's not do that anymore. Um, I think it, it could be built and, and, and spun to kind of create something for the brand. Um, and, you know, as that learning moment, if, if they took advantage of it. Um, however, if they try to pretend like it didn't happen, if they try to create positive press to kind of drown out the noise of this and they don't take accountability for what had happened, then it could, it could turn on them quite seriously. But let me get back to something that Jeremy asked earlier, because, you know, I have seen comics today basically saying we're all way too sensitive. We've all lost our sense of yuck, of yuck, yuck. So are are we how do we how do we navigate that now? I mean, are there new rules in corporate in the corporate world about what's acceptable with humor? Do we want to become the humor police? Do we need to become the humor police? Or, or do we all need to maybe take a chill pill? Hmm. I think a little bit of both. Um, and that's, I think that's always a good answer when it comes to something with this much nuance to it, Tom. Um, but at the same time, job requisitions have never been a place for humor. Um, they're an advertisement, but they're not an advertisement for a product. They're an advertisement to gain a very serious relationship. It's trans, it's not transactional. Okay. This is a long-term. So you, I would almost look at it. Like if I was going out on a first date, okay. I always go back to dating, but if I go back, if I'm going out on a first date and I've never met this person before and they lead with really, really dark humor, um, probably not going to, to, to embrace that right away, unless that is the type of individual that I'm looking for. Right. Mm. Generally, that's not going to be the majority of candidates. Um, the majority of candidates are looking for the, you know, what does a candidate want? They want an environment where they can be themselves. They want an environment where they can earn money. They don't want a, an environment that's going to cause them stress or, or, add to their personal life in any sort of negative way. They don't want to work somewhere that's going to be overly taxing for how much they're being compensated. None of these fall into the whether or not I'm a crybaby scenario. Sarah, going so going on, and I'm going to ask you to, 
I'm going to ask you in a minute, Sarah. So what can companies do, you know, once it makes sense? Because we all, you know, we talk about assessments here. Once it makes sense, because there are also, you know, there are low cost valid assessments that can be used mm -hmm. for more entry level positions that can look at things like, you know, trust and accountability, um, uh, resilience and these kinds of things. Um, but I'm going to add a little bit to the story here as I read more on this. According to the Juice Bar, the special, per the sp you know, are you this special person that wants to work with us? According to the juice bar, the special person is one who, quote, actually, who is actually available, has an open schedule, doesn't cry, is never late, has no excuse, works hard, has no BS, and smiles no matter what. And then it continues on. Think you might be the one? We're hiring. The sign concludes along a QR code, which takes you to current opening section, where it lists multiple job openings for barista slash smoothie production, as well as for positions for cook, juicery manager and cashier slash customer service. So mm -hmm. when we when we uh, bring this back to the ground in terms of um, you know, people who are listening and maybe wanted to steal this, but obviously we're well aware of the potential backlash, what instead can a company do to get the their ideal person uh, mm -hmm. or as close as that can be uh, using anything else and perhaps of uh, an assessment? Yeah. So um, if they wanted to go the assessment route, honestly, they would be looking for things like perhaps a moderate level of conscientiousness. They'd want maybe a lower level of openness. So, you know, obviously we can go the trait route here. Um, but if they didn't want to go the assessment route, let's say they're, you know, they're a small company. They, they don't want to go the assessment route. They don't want to overcomplicate things. Okay. I think what they're actually asking for is someone who is work focused, someone who is uh, customer obsessed. So these are words and phrases that they could have used instead of the negative. So take all of those negative traits that they listed. Okay. And those are their gripes and complaints about previous employees and find the opposite positive trait and instead ask for people obtain or, you know, that fit that description. Kind of like, did you ever see Mary Poppins? Love Mary Poppins. Okay. So you remember the nanny when they advertised for the nanny, right? And it was all the negative, negative, negative. The parents, they were like, we just want this and it's strict and da, 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 negative, 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 right? Well, they got a bunch of duds lined up outside the door, but the kids wrote an actual positive spin and Mary Poppins shows up. And they're all their lives are changed. So this is what happens when we take the negative and we spin it to the opposite side of the trait and we start looking for, okay, let me look for someone who's customer obsessed. Let me look for someone who is, um, is does well with time management. It's, these are why these words are so common in HR is because that's, that's the standard practice. Let me throw something else out here too, because my reaction when Jeremy read that was a little bit different mm -hmm. and it was, oh my God, here's a manager who's going, I am tired of people bringing their outside lives in. I don't care that your cat just died. You know, I want people who are work focused, but also he's looking for this employee, this employee, this, like he's fired everybody because this is a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. So how do we approach it from the other angle? Because it's a juice bar. You're not going to get people who went to MIT working in your juice bar. You know, you're not going, you, know, you might be lucky to find some graduate business students who need a part-time job and they probably really are who this person's looking for, but they probably don't want to work on a juice bar. So it's sometimes you get what you get. Mm -hmm. So isn't there more onus on 
this manager and this company to change their philosophy from the inside and that then maybe they'll attract people that are better. Absolutely. And more opportunities for employee development. There's reasons why companies like Chick-fil-A, for example, do so well or say In-N-Out Burger um, because they put so much into their employees. They recognize the fact that they are young potential business owners or young potential I mean, CEOs one day, they see that. And so they want to be part of that legacy. Um, and I think it really is about taking that long-term strategic stance with employees, even if it is, as you say, just a juice bar. Um, the juice bar really could be a platform or a jumping point for the careers of many people. Um, and so doing anything they can to partner with services within their community, I would say would be a really good first step, giving back to the community in some way, partnering with organizations within local colleges would be fantastic, making sure that they, you know, give away free juice bars or what juices or whatever at local college events is a really great way to spread brand awareness, but also attract decent level candidates. Right. right. Um, so it's, it's, it's an all inclusive sort of uh, strategy. Uh, right now, I feel like this manager would probably just be in the camp of I'm burned out and need help. Um, which is not uncommon in food service, especially over the last 18 months to two years. Um, finding decent talent in food service has been a nightmare. And so I can empathize with that as well. And, and Jeremy, let me ask you, because you know we've had discussions, and I know that you've worked with uh, the restaurant industry. And I'm a manager in a restaurant. I've got a, a whole swack of uh, employees, usually, you know, the wait staff that are college or university students. You know, this is not their career. It may be temporarily to help them get through school. But you talked a lot about, you know, working with those employees and getting them to improve their abilities as a server because it actually does relate to their further career where they want to go. So can can you talk about some of the, you know, the I hate to use tricks, but some of the tactics that you've, you know, you've talked about working with those frontline staff? It's about, I call them pats, focusing on their passions, ambitions, and talents. And I'm, I'm telling you, I have yet to see a case where you cannot take the most mundane job and tie it somehow into what somebody is going to school for or what their passion and hobby is. It makes them focus on in a different on a different level about their job skills and also be have more skin in the game and be more loyal to that to that particular man or supervisor. I have seen it time and time and time again. Uh, I have worked with chefs. I've done train the trainer programs. One in particular where a chef was dealing with it was um, a chef was dealing with. Uh, uh, an employee who was just there for a summer job, and it was showing him how to. It was a it was a specialty restaurant, you know, pretty high end too. Uh, how to cut up and, and place pineapple slices on this really you know high end dinner plate kind of you know for it's where you want to look at the food and have it presented very lovely you know mm. with, with the experience. But uh, the employee was like, saying, "No, oh, it's just pineapple." Well, found out that this particular employee loved to loved to fish and and fillet fish and all and all that kind of stuff, right? So that that cook who, who was training the employee said picture yourself filleting that that beautiful you know whatever you huge tuna you got or the spanish mackerel whatever it is and that and engaged in that particular experience and everything completely changed around um an employee who had to blow the uh, clean off a, a golf course 
right? It was golf course, manicuring, landscaping, all that good stuff. And it was working with an employee who didn't want to be there for a summer job. And how do you get that employee who doesn't want to be there to enjoy, you know, blowing leaves off of the sand pit? Well, uh, as the story goes, I will say the, uh, the particular employee loved to make butterfly, loved to make butterfly, like plastic butterflies as a hobby. Well, that that landscaper uh, had that employee picture blowing the leaves and picturing them becoming these beautiful butterflies that that employee loved to do as a hobby. And it completely changed that person's outlook outlook on the job and also the, the relationship. So you can take the most mundane job, no matter what it is. And it just takes, I mean, it's, it's a five minute conversation. Everyone knows I'm a big fan of knocking employees off the floor for longer than they need to be. Everyone's putting out fires all the time. How can we make the most impact in a um, meaningful amount of time, even five, 10, 15 minute conversation to an employee around? It's very simple um, to ask these questions that are uncomfortable for a lot of managers, a lot of, a lot of anyone, right? I think you just hit it, Jeremy. It's uncomfortable for a lot of managers. So we need to be spending time as business owners, right? Making sure that we are giving our management the tools that they need to be good managers. People leave bad managers. They don't leave companies. They don't leave brands. They leave bad managers. So there needs to be a focus on developing because everyone assumes that it's time and grade is what we call it in the military, time and grade. So you've been a server, you've been a restaurant manager for 10 years, okay? So now you're gonna get promoted and you're gonna be the big wig and you're gonna be in charge of everybody. But guess what? You don't actually know what you're doing when it comes to managing people. You Sarah, have no clue. A, that's, a, that's a perfect leeway. So we're gonna, we're gonna end our show for now, but we have a, our next coming up is, uh, oh goodness, I cannot find it. Uh, why are leaders so stinking bad? Ah, there it is. Is the title of this other one that I'm looking at. And uh, one out of four of your employees don't feel like they fit in. Here's what matters, why it matters. So we will see you on the next round. Five, four, three, two, and one. Thanks for listening to this episode of 